crazy. Yo, yo. What's up, Dakota? How you doing? I am peachy keen, man. Uh, this is the part where we pretend like we weren't talking behind <laughs> the behind the back scenes there. But I'm doing well. Uh, in Colombia right now, just chilling. And in my underwear, doing a podcast with you. And it's, it's hot here, so don't judge me. But I'm doing well. How are you doing? Bro, you're living a life. I'm doing well. Um, I would, I'm out in San Francisco, so weather's all right, but not quite as hot as Colombia, I'm sure. But yeah, it's funny. I always, like, we do the small talk before the podcast, but now it's like, okay, let's hit record. What are we going to say now? So it is <laughs> funny, um, but screw it. Let's get right into the first question. So, Hell yeah. you know, I was researching a bit of your background before this, obviously, and I've been consuming your content for a while, and I was reading a Time article about you. Um, and I think it said last December only you were like starting to scale up your business and really starting to take this seriously. So I'm just curious, like, how has your life changed in the past year? Like, walk me through that. Yeah, it's it's been surreal at many points. Just for for context, I bounced around from a lot of ideas. And the best way I can phrase this is I knew... I had potential, but I didn't know where to place it. So I jumped around from Amazon FBA to blogging to drop shipping, flipping iPhones, fixing iPhones, selling on eBay, all that stuff. I just never stuck with it. Uh, it just didn't appeal to me and I wasn't consistent with it. So I failed at it. And yeah, then I found Twitter and just being introduced to the community on there was was life-changing so I, I met a lot of great people hired people's mentors to help me and man it just changed my life just having that direction and i was passionate about talking about my journey and talking about writing and teaching people how to do stuff and learning all the stuff i had to do with my business but uh yeah man i remember just i seeing seeing 10k a month i was like oh wow that's crazy you make that from online and then i remember seeing my friend make 50k a month and i was like holy shit and that's when it totally shattered a lot of beliefs of what could be done online and how far you could take it and then i saw people show, showing 100k a month and then 200k and 500k and then a mil i i, I had a coach that was doing a million a month and just seeing just how many levels there are to this game is just it's mind-blowing and a lot of people just don't understand like how far you can take this thing by building an audience online or or learning skills and it's uh it's a game changer man but uh yeah just for the past few months just when i've reached those those marks in my business that i used to be like holy shit like they're doing those numbers, but then I hit them and I'm like, wow, like this is actually achievable. I'm not some genius. I just, I was very consistent with a lot of the principles that were taught to me and I picked up and I, I, I've come to realize like a lot of people that you look up to or put on a pedestal, they're not smarter than you. They're not better than you. They're mainly just more consistent or they've been in the game longer and they've executed on the core principles. So uh, it's been it's been a, an amazing journey. I'm very grateful to where I've gotten. I'm not where I want to be 100%, but I can appreciate how far I've come. And I, what's really cool is being able to 
be that mentor to other people or, or to share my journey with other people and inspire them to start that path because I know how meaningful it's been for me to have others do the same. So to, to do that for others has been really cool. That's dope, bro. And it's so true about like shattering those beliefs because I mean, when I first kind of started to hear about this online stuff, I, I wrote on my whiteboard, I remember back in September, it was actually after I watched a podcast with you and Dan Co. That's like the slippery slope <laughs> that got me into this. It was like on YouTube, less than a thousand views or something at the time. And I was like, dude, how do people not know about this? Like, this is super valuable stuff. And I remember writing on my whiteboard above my desk. I was like, okay, my goal for the quarter of school from September to December was like, make your first $500 online. And I was like, that seemed so impossible. And then you you just keep working at it every day and then you actually do it. And it's like, whoa. And so I can, I, I can imagine like, because still those numbers like 10, 20, 50K to me seem like, wow, like that's ridiculous. But once you once you just get to those levels, it's like, okay, anybody can do this. I was watching a, a Chris Williamson podcast the other day and he was like, it's idiots all the way up, um, all the way up the ladder on literally anything in politics and social media or anything. So hearing that was like, okay, like if these people can do it, like why can't I if I'm just consistent? Um, a question I had for you though about this is I feel like once you're consistent, once you figure out how this like game works and you just stay with it, how do you avoid like hedonic adaptation to where like you always need more? Because for me, it's like I'm already becoming a bit obsessive over, you know, like followers or likes and I have to catch myself and be like, how do I detach from this? So I'm curious, like how you've how you've uh, approached that situation. Yeah, so it definitely takes some self-awareness. And I don't think everyone is going to develop that as easy as others. Uh, so I'll give you an example. So with my ghostwriting agency, I could have taken on more client. Like there's the amount of demand for ghostwriting is absolutely crazy. And I could have taken on so many more clients, but just, just kind of reflecting on how much work I was doing at the time and and what the goal was like what was the i was thinking what's the goal for me and it's it's freedom you know freedom to live where i want do what i want and live life on my terms um so i i had the ability to take on more clients but i i was already doing a lot of work and i was thinking okay i can make more money a lot more money but then i'm just going to be living to work and that's not what i want so i've refused a lot of lot of offers I've uh, referred people to other ghostwriters and gave up a lot of opportunities, and I'm I'm fine with that because one of the, one of the biggest lessons I've learned over and over again is I, I've turned it into a tweet. But to at the start to to grow, you have to say yes to a lot of opportunities. But to continue to grow, you have to learn to say no because there's always going to be more opportunities once you make it a little bit, and it's just realizing okay, what are your values? And where do you want to take this? Why are you even in the business to begin with? And that's where a lot of people get caught up and they're like, oh, more money, more money. It's more success and all that. And they're fucking miserable. Or they don't even see their kids or their family or they're, they're just don't have a life. And I, I don't want that. So I think it was just, just kind of reflecting. I, I've always been kind of self-aware. Obviously there's areas I'm, I'm not as much, but it's something I work on. And uh, I think just reflecting a lot, 
uh, journaling, kind of see where your, your headspace is at. And, uh, and yeah, just, uh, always just being, being open to how you're feeling and seeing, okay, what, what's causing this? Uh, why am I not happy? Or yeah. Cause there's a certain point where you just, you make, you're making a lot of money, but it's just, you don't feel anything. Like for example, my first, when I made $5 from an affiliate sale for the first time, that was like the first few dollars I made online. That was so meaningful to me. I remember messaging Dan Co. I was like, dude, I just made $5. Like, I really appreciate it. Like, it, was like, it was so meaningful to me. And then, yeah, I think it was in the summer, I hit 50K in one month and I didn't really feel anything. I was just like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then it's just back to the, back to the same shit. Um, so it's just, I think at a certain point you realize, okay, making money isn't all it's cut out to be. Yes, it's very nice. It's very meaningful when it changes your lifestyle, but at a certain point it doesn't change your lifestyle much. And it's just like, oh, it, it's a status, it's status symbols at a certain point. And, uh, just seeing, just realizing what kind of game you want to play. That's, that's a huge part of it. I think that's such a valid insight because... I feel like it could, it could get so addicting. You just see the bank account going up. You see the followers going up. You're like, I want more and more. But that awareness, and I'm sure you got a lot of that from that book, Awareness by DeMello, um, that you were telling me about. I, I've gotten through it a bit, um, but it's it's an interesting read for sure. But it is interesting when you keep things in perspective and you ask yourself, like, why did I start doing this in the first place? Was it for the money? Because you can make money being an investment banker working 100 hours a week, right? But the reason you're doing it is for freedom. And so for me, at least, I'm so interested in your ghostwriting cohort and learning this game as a stepping stone to that freedom. Like, I don't want my life to be defined by being a ghostwriter. And I'm sure you have other big plans in the future, too. So in my mind, it's kind of like this is that stepping stone to financial freedom, geographic freedom, and you're building your own brand at the same time. So then you can pivot down the road. So 100%. I'm curious because you've been in the ghostwriting game for a year. You're killing it. You're like the biggest in the world. So do you envision yourself sticking with this for the long run or do you have other plans? Yeah, so I'm like you where this is just a stepping stone for me uh, because at the end of the day, I just want to create content and talk about stuff I find interesting. And at the beginning... You have to become interesting to people to have them be interested in your work. And I mean, ghostwriting was was an avenue I went because it just matched with my interests and my skill set. But it was it was a kind of stepping stone for me because it's like you first you got to get the leverage. You know, you gotta you gotta make money to to survive, kind of transition out of the traditional path. And then once you have a bit of money to use as leverage, you can explore different options. But it's not even just the money, but the skill set you learn. So I learned writing, copywriting, brand, branding, um, just all these different skills. And now I can leverage that into different areas. So right now I'm leveraging that into a cohort with uh, teaching people how to do what I did for an entire year. And that that is teaching me a whole new skill set of coaching and launching an offer to my audience and the marketing behind it and the sales behind it 
that teaches me a whole new skill set. So I can take the stuff I learned from the ghostwriting and take the stuff I'm going to learn from the coaching. And then down the line, I can do a, a different offer where maybe I help people scale their their coaching offer because of the experience I've learned. So it's just, you got to start with one. And then you use that as leverage, the money and the skills, the knowledge. And then you can apply it to a different area. And then it just compounds on it, on each other. So... Um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was a means to an end for me. I think that's the correct way to use that term. But it was just a stepping stone, and I'm very grateful I did it. But now, I mean, I've I've built this big audience, and I mean, I'm thinking again. I'm thinking back to like, okay, what what's meaningful to me? Well, freedom. Like that's the that's my main value, and to help people do what I did to attain my freedom. Uh, that being building an audience and learning the skill of ghostwriting, that changed my life. So if I can do that for other people, also make a shit ton of money in the process, fuck, yeah, I'm going to do that. Like, uh, I mean, it's just a no-brainer. It's it's just a lot more scalable. It It's a lot more meaningful to me. I can help more people um, make more money. So it's, it's just work less hours, too. I mean, at the start, it's going to be a lot. But um, once I can systemize it, then it'll be a lot better. But... Yeah, and then maybe down the line, I just want to do something else. But it's just like finding the different forms of leverage and then using that. Um, but right now, this is very meaningful to me. So I I, I want to do these cohorts for a while. Um, I have ways of scaling this. I'm working on some things. I'll keep it under the radar for now. But yeah, it's uh, this is definitely it's cool. It's 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 a nice uh, path. I'm enjoying. It's so interesting, dude, because like a year ago today, when you started getting into this, like there's no way you would have imagined, like you'd probably be in the situation you're in right now. And it's like, it's that Steve Jobs quote. It's like, you can only connect the dots going backwards. You just have to take that next step forwards. And yeah. another thing you kind of reminded me of Steve Jobs was like that singularity of focus. And I know Alex Ramosi talks about it a lot too, um, in terms of like focusing in on one thing, because those other things you tried in the past, like drop shipping or whatever it was, fixing iPhones, like you didn't stick with them. Maybe if you did stick with them, you would have been successful. So I'm curious, like, why do you think this time was different in terms of like building an audience on social media? Because I liked it. That was the big differentiator. So it was something I was, I enjoyed. I didn't know when I started on Twitter, I didn't know where it was going to go. I legit wrote in a, a journal or I have the entry is like, bought this course for $40, don't know where it's going to go. We'll, we'll find out. And I, I didn't know how I was going to monetize. I didn't even, I, I didn't really have plans on it, but I, I just, I was just like, oh, let's just see where this goes. This is interesting. And yeah, dude, it was, it was uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed writing and I enjoyed sharing ideas. I enjoyed connecting with people. And that was the big differentiator is, is like Naval said, like if it, if work feels like play to you, then you're going to outperform everybody, something along those lines. So that's uh, that's another big thing is I always think about, okay, where's your interests and where is their market demand? And then right in the middle, that's that's where you can monetize quite well. Exactly. And you can only get to that point by actually exploring your interests. And I feel like putting yourself in situations where new interests might be formed that you didn't even know you had. Like... I've stumbled down this slippery slope of writing online, like so coincidentally, I was, I mean, at this point last year, I was still on the football team in college 
And long story short, like I decided to, to hang it up and I backpacked Europe this summer for the first time, like traveling without my family. Um, and I just got really into journaling and I started writing a ton and I wrote like a hundred pages in a journal just based on my experience. And some kid on a train, literally a kid from Italy on a train in France was like, are you a writer? And I'm like, no, like what the hell? Like I'm an athlete. Um, and I was like, wait, I'm not an athlete anymore. I could become a writer if I really want to. So he was like, dude, I just saw you write on a train for four hours straight. Like you should maybe pursue this. So after that, I decided to type my first newsletter, called it The Weekend Drift, um, sent it to like five family members. And I was like, I have no idea what this is going to turn into, but I'm just going to post one every day or every week and just see what happens. And four months later, five months later, I've kind of stumbled down this slippery slope. Like now I have Twitter, newsletter, podcast. I'm talking to you. It's like, what the fuck? Shit is crazy. How'd you, uh, how'd you find Twitter? Dude, Dan Co. Well, actually, before that, before that, so this is actually wild. I wanted to tell you about this. I looked back on my our Instagram DM because you actually followed me back a little bit ago. And late July this year, I had wrote my first newsletter, The Weekend Drift. And I was like, I had been following you on Instagram for whatever reason. I just like liked what you were saying, but really had no idea like this whole space and I'd sent it to you and I'm like, hey, dude, like, would you mind checking this out and telling me like what I could improve? Like, just like an idiot move, like so naive. Um, and then after that, I like I looked you up on YouTube, actually. I'm like, I wonder if this guy has any interviews, podcasts. And the only one I found was you and Dan. And then from there, I like really went down the Dan Co rabbit hole. And then, I mean, the rest is history, bro. It's crazy. Yeah, that was uh, dude, that podcast was hilarious. I can't believe I shared that at the end that was that was fun. yo that that was crazy that's when i'm like if this guy could figure it out i think i think i could that's it out. that was the moment i knew i was like okay i i could never get a job again i have to i'm all in on this now i'm that yeah. was ridiculous i saw that on your twitter yesterday too like you said some outlandish shit to somebody something about like mommy like mommy i don't even know what it was bro it you was might aaron will it. it was yeah. yeah so aaron will said something like dakota's my mom or something <laughs> under some eddie kwan's post uh because eddie kwan's like call your mom today and tell her tell her you love her and then aaron will tagged me he's like i love you mom or something so i replied back i'm like come suckle mama mama for mama's milk or something it was so stupid it's funny because i was laughing so hard typing that and then aaron will message me and we're just laughing about it. he's like you're fucked you're, you you're like i can never work a normal job after this again yeah dude i'm actually gonna get the i'm gonna read out the dms we sent to each other it's um, so funny where does it say oh he sent me a voice message but i was like Future Dakota is gonna look back on me and just be ashamed of how stupid I was. Uh, and then, yeah, dude. But. but I think like showing that side of that, like your authentic self, that like that's why people connect with you so much and resonate with you. And that's another like thing I was actually contemplating yesterday. Um, I went on like this. I went on a long hike with Matt Mick on Twitter, um, yep. who's gonna be in the cohort, and we've been like really fr pretty good friends over the past couple of weeks finally just met him um and we were like really reflecting doing some deep thinking about like what we're where we're at right now where we want to go and 
a good mechanism for doing that for me is like smoking a joint once in a while. But after <laughs> posting it, I was like, fuck, like, should I have posted that? Like, I felt this weird thing, like, okay, maybe it's not socially acceptable, but at the same time, like, then I'd be holding a part of myself back. Like, I want to show my most authentic self out there. So, like, where do you draw the line for yourself? Yeah, I feel... There's, there's, two, there's two sides to this. So, first off, I think, okay, what, what is future me going to think about all the things I've done now? Because, I mean, we're young. Our brains aren't even fully developed. We get testosterone going through us. Maybe we're just... I don't know. Maybe we're stupider than we think. Um... <laughs> I can, I, I don't know. Uh, but I also think in the end, I think authenticity wins to a certain degree. Like, um, but I think sharing stuff like that that shows you're human, that's what really resonates with a lot of people because, I mean, everyone, say, on Instagram is just flexing, oh, look how good I am. But if you share a story, you're like, no, I used to be fat. I used to struggle with addiction. I used to struggle with this and that. And I overcame it, but uh, like you just show you you're human, right? And I think by me shit posting and posting stupid stuff like that, it shows I'm human. And it, it, guarantee, it guarantee I probably got some unfollows because of that, but I, I don't care because I think about, okay, who are the people I want to attract to my brand, my profile? And sure, I mean, it might turn off some potential clients or stuff like that, but those aren't people I want to work with anyways, because this part of me is going to come out regardless. I would imagine unless I'm being fake my whole life, but, um, yeah, I think being polarizing is beneficial, especially in today's world where everyone's trying to present this perfect image. So when someone real comes along and they show that they're human, it's, it's refreshing. Like, Oh dude, yes. I like that guy because that, that resonates. And it's, but you also got to risk like being polarizing. Like, look at Andrew Tate. It's like 50 50. Donald Trump. Uh, I'm not anywhere near that polarizing, but it's, it's a good kind of example of how far you can take it. And like that man, those two guys are either loved or they're hated. And the ones that mm -hmm. love them, love them. And they would do pretty much anything for them. So, and uh, sure, you get the people that, that hate them, but whatever. Because if you're just, you're just neutral. If you, people just see you as neutral, they don't. They're they're not going to read your newsletter. They're not going to buy things from you. They're not going to care about who you are. You're just neutral. So you 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 got to polarize somehow, and you, you can take it at different degrees, but uh, especially on social media. And as it gets more more and more crowded, the ones that lean into their personality, their story, their opinions, those are going to be the ones that are successful. For sure, it's like marketing. I can totally. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's a quote. It's like, if you try to please everybody, you end up pleasing nobody. And it's so true. Like you have to pick and choose like who you want to be, who you want your audience to be. Because if you just try to be this like cookie, like this clean cut, like not ever saying anything polarizing at all, like people aren't going to actually become fans of you or resonate with what you're saying, you know? So yeah. I, I do think it's an interesting line. And like, I think the goal someday is like, just to be able to really do whatever you want and not have to worry about what people think. Like, I mean, Joe Rogan is the ultimate example. Like he'll have Elon Musk on his podcast and smoke a joint with him and not think twice about it. Right. Cause it's just his yeah. unique authentic self. So I think that's something that everybody's got to strive for. And I think like the storytelling and the life experiences also are like what set people apart because it, let's say like there was two guys out there, 
you who knows writing very well and can teach it very well and has a ton of life experiences that you share within your newsletter or person B who just teaches writing, like no stories or anything. I'm going to listen to you because it's more interesting. Like I can relate more. You've done all these things. And uh, like, that's why I read your newsletter every week. Not because necessarily like what it's teaching me, but because it's entertaining and I like it. So mm -hmm. I think it's an interesting balance. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. People are just so scared of what others will think of them. And I, I, I've struggled with that in the past too. And it's, it still comes up at certain times, but it's, it's just, yeah, dude, it's just fucking being vulnerable in to certain degrees. Uh, and it's, it's true in life too. Not even just social media. I mean, if, if you're just neutral to say like women, like they're just going to friend zone you. It's like being polarizing and, and not, not needing others approval. I mean, like the the needy people are the people that get rejected because you you get that sense. It's like, oh, it's really unattractive to a lot of people, um, and I think that's why that's why it's 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 cool too. Because with online business, I mean, if you're self sufficient, you don't got to worry about what you say online uh, or or how you're going to be perceived. I mean, if you can fund your own lifestyle with your skills and leverage. Uh, you're you're good. Like I can say stupid shit. Like I can swear on on podcast or social media if I want to, and that's be, that's because I've I've become self sufficient and I don't need people to approve of me. I mean, to a certain degree, I do. I mean, that's my business, my audience, and all that. But uh, um, no, it's uh, it's that's why I'm a big proponent of starting your own business. Not everybody should do it, but I think. If you are more prone to it, I think you should take the leap and, and do it. Totally. And I think a big thing about starting your own business or creating your own thing online is like it forces self-improvement upon yourself. Because like as you make yourself the business, you have to level up yourself in order to level up the business, which it's kind of an interesting social contract that you put out there. Um, but an interesting thing you said was like worrying about what other people think of you. And I know at the start of like my journey, which has been very short, but I was so scared about what people thought of me, like sending that first email to some of my friends, like some of them I asked, I'm like, would you want to receive an email from me every Thursday? And some of them are like, no, like, why would you send me that? Um, or like another thing is like that first tweet I ever sent out, I was thinking like, what are all my high school friends going to think of me? What are my old football teammates going to think of me? What are my coaches going to think of me? And then I was like, wait, why do I, why do I care? Like, why am I assigning more value on these people's opinions about me than to myself? So I'm curious, like, do your hometown high school people know about what you're doing? And like, how have you navigated that? Dude, it's funny because so none of them had me on Twitter because I just never, I don't know. I don't think any of my friends use Twitter, but... I grew an audience on Twitter, and when I got to, I don't know, 60,000, 70,000 followers on Twitter, that's when I pivoted to Instagram, where I just used my personal one. So that's where I had all my friends on there. And I, was, I, I never posted on Instagram, like barely any anything. I had 400 followers or something. And then just out of nowhere, I just start posting my Twitter content and just grow. Dude, in two months, I grew to like 180K on an Instagram and 
I think a lot of people are just like, what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> like, he just right. never posts. And then now he's just all of a sudden with, like, all these, like, fucking self-improvement posts or writing posts. Like, what the hell? This came out of nowhere. And, uh, yeah, I, I think a, a lot of them were probably shocked. I don't know. Um, some of them, or a few of them hit me up, and they, I don't know, the, like, people that just didn't really give me the time of day. And now they're like, oh, he's got a big account now. And they're just like, kind of like, hey, man, how's it going? Haven't seen you in a while. It's like, dude, fuck off. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just funny how people treat you different. And I never mm -hmm. forgot. I never forgot the people that, that were, uh, I don't know, just thought they were too good for me or stuff like that. I always remember that. And, and I never forgot the people that were, like, really nice to me. And uh, mm -hmm. those are the people I give the time of the day to. Um, but, um yeah, it's just interesting. Uh, but a lot of people, they don't care. I mean, they don't care. Uh, they don't care that you're posting content. They don't care if you have a big following. They're just like, oh, that's cool. Whatever. It's, mm -hmm. So it's, it's like, yeah, a lot of people just build it up in their head of what others will think of them. And it's just, it's uh, it's easy to say, oh, just get over it. Like, just don't care. Uh, but it's just, you just got, I think at the beginning, yes, you, you'll get in your head, but you just got to post anyways because... Mm -hmm you'll just realize it's not a big deal, but you have to post enough to just get acclimatized to that and just stop giving a fuck. Um, yeah. Exactly. I, I have some, some high school friends who have talked to me about Twitter or like are interested in starting it, but they're like, yeah, I'm, I'll wait like a couple of months or like, I'm not quite ready yet. It's like, dude, just send the first tweet. Like, and that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, that's what just starts everything. Like once you just do the first one, um, you're never gonna actually be ready. Like for yep. this podcast, dude, I was not like ready to start this podcast. I was like, I'm just gonna do it anyways and like figure it out as I go. And what you realize from doing it is like all the people ahead of you did the same thing at the start. Like they just kind of were like, fuck it. So um, that fuck it mentality is like an interesting one for sure. Dude, but what would you say a... to people? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, that's a, no, that was ahead. a big, big mindset shift i had when i when i was living with jk molina and darren co is they just they just execute super fast they'll have an idea one day same day they're executing on it and that was something i've struggled a lot with the past is just perfecting it's just like oh no it's got to be perfect it's got to be perfect and all blah 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 it's like no you just got to you just do okay for example this cohort i fucking sold people into it i've barely fucking made any of the content i'm sure to deliver <laughs> like i'm obviously mm -hmm. gonna do it but i just gotta stay one week ahead of people i mean there's like i was i was planning on doing this cohort or a type of cohort for months before launching this one but then i hired coaches like dude you just got to sell this shit and fulfill after because you don't even know mm -hmm. if there's market demand and i mean you just need that pressure to actually do shit and put something out so by having a deadline no this cohort starts on the 27 that's when it's like okay i gotta do it i can't perfect it can't i can't waste time procrastinating i gotta get shit done because there's people expecting stuff to be ready by that date and that's just kind of it's a life hack i mean it's kind of like yes. holy shit like but it's also it's 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 what you need to do is you need to sell first fulfill later or just post the shitty tweets and then figure it out as you go because yeah people get caught in that trap and they they get fucked over totally like you're never really going to be ready you have to like trick yourself into action is what yeah. i've kind of realized that i i'm doing like i yeah. i had this microphone right here and this camera 
for weeks and I had never set it up. But once you signed up for my podcast, I'm like, all right, I have no choice. Like I have to do it. <laughs> and now from here, I'll use it every single time. But it's like you, you need those cues to spark you into action. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like at a certain point, you kind of get comfortable with what you're doing. So like you're very comfortable writing on Twitter, um, even going on people's podcasts. I know you were thinking about starting your own podcast. You're obviously doing this coaching, but like in, I don't know, this is out there, but like in five, 10 years, like where do you see yourself? Like, what do you see yourself doing? Yeah. So I've, I typically go by one year. I don't think farther than that because I think there's so many variables that happen within one year by, I mean, for some people, yes, like plan five, 10 years. But for me, I'm just kind of changing with the environment. So, for example, this chat GPT-3 stuff, I never would have predicted that a year ago. I didn't know that was coming. And that's going to change so much stuff. I don't even know how, how much it's going to change. But it's going to change the, the landscape of business as a whole to a dramatic amount, I believe, in the next year. So just kind of – I like to go, like, think one year ahead. And like, okay, what's the goal? And as, as new things come up, it's like, okay – this is altering my trajectory for next year. Let's let's lean into this part or let's step away from that. So it's just recognizing that there's different variables that are coming into play and kind of kind of go into that. But um, generally, I do got a vague idea. I just want to get paid to create. I want to explore my curiosities. I want I just want to get paid to do it. I that's why I'm stepping out of the done for you offer where I'm ghostwriting for people. Because I want to lean towards stuff where I'm teaching, I'm creating my own stuff, and sharing ideas, and just explore my curiosity. So I'm going to, I know I'll be doing that full time in five years, guaranteed, uh, just creating to get paid and get paid to do that. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't really have any like crazy five, 10 year goals. I just know I will be doing what i enjoy which is creating stuff and and exploring that yeah it's a it's a job or a career that most people would be like that is not possible at first <laughs> just saying yeah i'm just gonna like create stuff about whatever i'm interested in like it sounds so unrealistic but the thing is anybody can do it and the other cool thing about it with the internet is you can do it anywhere in the world like right now you're in colombia like in, you said, in a couple of weeks, you're going to be in Panama. Matt was telling me he's trying to get you to come down to Buenos Aires for Lollapalooza <laughs> in March, yeah, which I, yeah. might, I might have to pop out to as well. Um, yeah. If I, we'll see. I might have school, which is another another topic. But, Just drop out. Uh, Screw school. <laughs> see, my, parent, my parents are probably <laughs> listening to this right now, and they're going to kill you. Um, <laughs> but, That's such a bad yeah, point. it's <laughs> not, not necessarily. I, I think... If circumstances were a bit different, I would. I, I have about a year left. Um, and mm. I already have my apartment locked up. Like, I, I think I can manage doing both at the same time. Um, also, like, the network of people around me has been really instrumental. Like, because I, I feel like you can get these echo chambers in terms of, like, Twitter and online stuff. And it's nice to have some people in your life that are, like, outside of it. That just like you for you rather than who yeah. you are on social media. Um, which is, like, an interesting balance. But... I know you said you don't have like any set plans on like where you're going to be in five years, but I'm curious, like travel wise, like, do you see yourself just moving around the world for like the foreseeable future? Or do you think like eventually you want to pick a place and stay there? 
Yeah, eventually I'll pick a place and stay. But uh, what I like, what I plan on doing is finding a few spots, stay there for a couple months, move on to another place whenever I feel like it. But uh, I really like Medellin. It's really nice. But uh, yeah, I think I'll stay here. I'll go to Panama, come back here, stay here, grind for a month or two, and then maybe go to Bali with Taylin. Taylin and I are going to live together. Uh, but um, maybe go to Bali, uh, go to Europe. I don't know, go wherever. But uh, I, I, what's very important is for me is routine or getting in a flow state. And I find if you're traveling like every two days or four days, it you kind of disrupts that. So that's why I like, okay, let's find a place, stay there for a month, really explore it, see what's up, and uh, just get work done. But no, it's... Uh, yeah, I, I plan on traveling quite a bit. I want to go to pretty much every country that where I'm not going to die. And uh, <laughs> just that's the main thing with me. I want to live a life where I, I, I have no regrets, where I look back mm -hmm. on life and be like, wow, I really lived, really lived. I don't have any regrets. I did what I wanted to do and just kind of die with peace. <laughs> yeah wow that's deep that's deep yeah. um yeah. but this art of slow travel is is so interesting to me like you could pick a spot for a month or two and like really really get ingrained in the culture and then pick up and leave whenever you want it's yeah. it's fascinating because i never like understood that this could be done like before the past couple months i just assumed like oh you stay in one place like kind of your whole life um but it doesn't have to be like that but I find it interesting that despite all the traveling, you still are so honed in on like routine. So I'm curious, like, what is a normal, what does a day in the life look like for you? Like, are you, are you somebody who's like disciplined as hell getting up like 5am or are you kind of like more, more chill? Uh, past week, I've been waking up at 5am to take calls because I just, I booked, I booked so many damn fucking calls. Uh, for my new offer and it's just uh, I gotta take so I've taken like probably 40 45 in the past five days so it's just calls all day um, but uh, yeah normally I'm a typical day I mean back in Canada I've been traveling a lot lately so it's been disrupted but back in Canada I would wake up around 6 a.m. I would go to a coffee shop till 1 and just work and then I would eat or no, then I would go to the gym, either eat or go, then go to the gym and then get back, do whatever I want and chill out. And then, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I've, for the past two, two years, I've been just focused on my business and growing on social media and it, it's been fun for me. Well, some of it not, but a lot of it, that's like my hobby is growing a business, growing on social media. I used to game a lot. And I, I, the, I see this as a video game now. Like you're leveling mm -hmm. up different stats uh, to progress to different levels. And those levels present new challenges. And you unlock new rewards for overcoming those. And then you get better gear. And then you go to the next level. And I mean, you work with friends to overcome certain challenges. Life is just a video game. That's it, really the best analogy. It totally is. And Matt and I were talking about this yesterday on our hike. It's like, damn, we get to go talk about like insane ideas for five hours in the woods. And then we get to come back and check our phones and like see all these notifications. And it's like, we're, we're literally playing this game that is what we're trying to make our life. Like 
I used to be really into NBA 2K, for example, like video games. And you would have to like log on the game and then level up all the time. But when you just shift that video game to being your real life, when you treat your life as the video game, like you could always be leveling up in so many different categories too. Like it doesn't just have to be Twitter. It could be like in the gym, you could be leveling up in your diet, in your relationships. So like gamifying your life is, is such a cool concept. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah, it's it's super powerful. It's it becomes a lot more fun, and I mean that's what I'm doing with the the cohort too. Is I don't know if I told you about that. I don't know if I came up with the idea after, but the community is gonna have. I'm gonna give different challenges and separate people into groups, and then the group that does the best or whatever, uh, they'll get access to a prize pool where I'm gonna give like a fucking MacBook Air and the AirPod Pros and stuff like where people can choose stuff. Pineapple pizza is gonna get delivered to some people's address. It's, <laughs> it's uh, it'll be yeah, it's kind of a meme, but uh, yeah, it'll be fun. I'm a big yeah. Another polarizing topic. It's it's so funny. Like having these little niche things that you just say as a joke, and people get so mad. Like, do people ever like get really pissed at you in the comments? Oh, like, dude, Instagram. Pissed? Instagram's hilarious. Twitter, they're chill. Instagram, <laughs> yeah. people will get pissed about whatever. It, I I posted a list with pineapple pizza in the middle, like a, a yeah. serious list, and I put pineapple pizza in the middle just to fuck with people. And yeah. people, I've had people like, I was enjoying this post, and then I, I saw him make a joke about pineapple pizza, and fuck this guy. Like, actually, like, this guy's a joke. Like, what this guy's like, this guy's so full of shit. And I just laugh, I'm like, oh my god, like, chill. It's like, how do you take it seriously? Like, I, I put some, like, bullshit tweet out about, like, a white monster a day keeps the doctor away. I saw some that, stupid yeah. shit. And some dude commented, or I, I don't know what he said, like, like drinking white, drinking monster, drinking energy drinks is not very stoic of you. Like getting extraneous energy is not stoic. It's like, dude, like, it's a joke. Like, chill. Yeah. Like, people are gonna stick up their ass. It's like, chill out. <laughs> it's funny. The, yeah. lot of, what I've noticed that the people that are just leaving those comments or hating on you they they don't like themselves i remember when i was a mm -hmm. fat kid i i was an asshole to some kids when i when i didn't like myself at all and that mm -hmm. that was me trying to make myself feel better by pulling others down and i mean i get a hate a fair amount of hate on instagram uh just, there's just a lot of miserable people out there and i i i feel bad for them to be honest because i know it's not it's not a reflection of me. It's a reflection of how much they don't like themselves. And I, I, I kind of feel bad. I, I don't take them seriously anymore. In the beginning, mm -hmm. I was trying to defend myself, but I just realized that they just don't like themselves a lot. And I, just, I, I kind of feel bad. Uh, but I also troll them because I just get a laugh out of it. But um, yeah, you, can, it's, it's, you can't take those people seriously. Right. And it's another example of like, stop worrying about so much about what other people are thinking of you. Because... Most people don't even like themselves that are talking shit on social media. Like, that's what you got to keep yeah. in perspective. So you just got to have that internal awareness and, like, that confidence in what you're doing to where, like, external opinions don't matter. And that's another thing that I've, I've heard a bit from people, like, 10 steps ahead of me, like, in the creator game. Um, in terms of, like, you have to detach from both the positive and the negative comments. You can't, like get so worked up with a negative comment. Like if you assign meaning to somebody praising you and you're like basking in the praise, you also by nature have to care about the negative comment too. And the negative comment hits a lot harder than the positive comment. 
one negative comment will cancel out a hundred positive comments. But if you could just detach from all that and just focus like on the inputs and like on what you're doing, like I think that's the key. Yeah, that's uh that's something I've been doing a lot more of lately. I I not by design, but I just get so many comments now I just don't really read much anymore and so many mess mm -hmm. the message has been crazy. But I feel bad because I want to respond to people, but there's just so much to respond to it's and trying to run a business and create content it takes away from it takes away from why they're commenting so like you get so many so much engagement at some point and if you were to, if i was to respond to everybody that would take away from the content and that's the stuff that resonates with people and gets them to connect with in the first place so it's just yeah there's a certain point where you just kind of got to detach from okay how many comments am i getting what are they saying do they like it all that you just gotta post um but yeah no i i i resonate that with that i think it's something every content creator will face at a certain point if they're they stick with it long enough yeah i think jk says it he's like post and assume nobody's gonna see it and that has been like a cool framework that i'm trying to live by yeah I, that that's it's also it's a double-edged sword too because i mean so for example when I was first growing on Twitter, I grew by 750 followers in three months. And then I saw a person grow by a thousand followers in 30 days. And that's what caused me to reflect on my account because I was just posting general self-improvement philosophy, broad topics. And it, was, it wasn't until I looked at him, I'm like, okay, what's the difference between his account and my account? Well, he's providing value and copywriting. I'm tweeting about general principles and just being broad and then i changed to a writing account and that's when i saw my numbers go up and that's why i was like oh there's something here so it's it, i agree you should not care about the outcome or as much but i think it's also it, it provides valuable data because if you're just hitting your your head against the wall or trying waiting for the thing to break well i mean you can hit it all day but if it's not going to break so that's why you got to be smart about it and realize okay is this the right direction am i am i making meaningful meaningful progress and just kind of contextualizing it because it's not black or white where it's you just post every day and and just don't give a fuck um there's a certain element of that but also just reflecting am i going the right direction here is this mm -hmm. working because if i just kept posting the general broad self-improvement stuff Sure, might have worked eventually, but I would I wouldn't have been I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. So it's just being able to like reflect on things and knowing where to allocate fucks. That's the, the that's the sauce is knowing when to allocate fucks, where to allocate it, and who to allocate it to. And quote me on that. That's a great framework. You should you got to write a tweet about that or something. Uh, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Know where to allocate your fucks. Um, well, obviously you've like grown a ton in the past year and like you have like 170k on twitter like 190k on instagram so like those are pretty crazy numbers i'm curious have you ever had a moment where like somebody's recognized you in real life like have you has anybody come up to you on the street and been like holy shit like you're dakota robertson and I'm like what was that like yeah in austin texas i had it happen twice one at the same coffee shop shout out to manana coffee shop on South Congress. Love your guys' place. But I would go there and work every day. And one day, a guy came up to me, probably in his 20, 20s, 
And he he's like, hey, are you Dakota Robertson? I never seen this guy <laughs> in my life. I was like, yeah, why? What? And he's like, oh, dude, I follow you on Twitter, and uh, and I was I was just like, what the fuck? Like this is crazy. Yeah. Maybe it was Instagram. I don't know. Uh, so that was one one moment. That was crazy. And then another day, I was at the coffee shop, and it's like a shared table. And right across from me, this guy had a bunch of Russell Brunson books, and I was like, oh, that's cool. He's in online business and all that. Uh, but uh, you yeah, were sitting at the table for a few hours and then came back from the bathroom and he's like, hey, this is a weird question, but are you, are you, are you is your name Dakota? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, why? He's like, oh man, I follow you on Instagram. I was like, I was, I was like what the fuck? Like, it's crazy. That uh, is crazy. So, yeah, that was kind of, that was one of those. It was one of those times where I stopped. And I was like, holy shit. Like, this is actually, that's nuts that people recognize you um yeah that happened with dan co when we were living together in austin we were out at the uh bar or something and uh he got recognized and it was i was it's just it's interesting because i think that's the start of you're starting to see see where there might be challenges in the future or, or something i don't know i don't know yet the implications but um people might stop like 10 years from now, I'm going to be like at a few million followers. And then that might pre- present a new, new set of mm-hmm. challenges. Maybe I, I don't know. I don't know where this, how far this is going to go. Um, or what that, what will entail, but, uh, yeah, it's all part of the game, I guess. So we signed up for it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's something that you'll just have to figure out as you go, because at first, like, Growing your following, like getting an audience is what's making you money. It's what's giving you freedom, but at at what cost? Because eventually, like too much of a following might take away that freedom where you can't even go out. I mean, obviously, that's like a whole nother level, but yeah. I was listening to Naval on Joe Rogan yesterday and he was like, you want to be you want to be rich and anonymous, not poor and famous. And I was like, damn, that's interesting. And yeah um hamza is another youtuber who i'm like pretty into recently and he was on mike thurston's podcast and he was talking about like what do you want to be doing like in 10 years because he has this like 1.5 million subscriber audience going like crazy and he's like i want to just like leave my youtube channel as a relic and like make a ton of money retire my family and go live out like in the woods like like at 35 and just like raise my family and go completely off the grid and it's like that's such an interesting end game, especially for somebody who is growing so much on social media that he has this in perspective. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I, hmm, that's uh, that's interesting. I, uh, I don't see myself in your doing interest? that. No. no, I don't see myself doing that. I'm, I'm in this for life. I think, uh, mm-hmm. maybe not YouTube. I, I want to get into YouTube, but just writing or, or sharing. On a consistent basis, I would like to, mm-hmm. I don't know, do something where it's low maintenance or, or not a lot of effort, or, or it's right. effort, but it's it's something I enjoy doing. Um, I feel feel like YouTube's a lot of work. Maybe I don't know. Um, I haven't done it, so I'll see. But uh, just something where I can share my thoughts. I don't have to worry about a certain schedule or or doing whatever. But um, I don't know. I I'll, we'll see. I'll see when it gets there. But. I, I I plan on doing this for life. Yeah. And there's another like theory floating around there. Um that like 
the future of creative work for for people like yourself is going to be like you work in sprints so you'll work for like two three months and then you'll completely like disappear for a couple months like have some crazy life experiences read a ton get new ideas and then you come back and you grind for three months and you kind of like repeat that cycle over and over so i think it's it's going to be interesting like what the future of working really looks like especially like obviously with ai automation like i wonder what's going to be happening even for for creators too yeah that's why i i'm very encouraging of people to lean into their personality their story all of that because mm -hmm. they're that's that's harder to replicate i'm sure it'll get there where they'll just be all these different types of personalities of ai um but i mean for the meantime that's what's going to separate you from a lot of people and like the people that have built their audience and built the trust now those people are going to win but then there's going to be the future of creators where you're not you're not going to know if this is ai or if this is a person and i'm sure there'll be ways to verify with blockchain or, or something but um it's gonna be interesting but the people that have already built that trust and where they know the brand i think that's where they'll get the the bulk of the the market share but i, I don't know I'll, i'm curious how where this leads yeah same i feel like the the summary the takeaway is like there's literally no downside to creating a personal brand right now. You might not know exactly what it is you want to do. Like I thought I was going to be a fitness coach when I first got on here. And I know you did too. You said you had yeah. a fitness client. Yeah. Uh, it's just crazy because like at first you're like running around like your chicken with your head cut off. Like you don't know what exactly you're doing. But over time, if you just stay in the game, you figure it out as you learn more about yourself too, which I think is huge. Um, yeah. But like your personal brand is something that it's going to follow us for the rest of our lives. Like you're going to be 80 years old looking back and be like, damn, like I posted some crazy shit on Twitter when I was 24 <laughs> years old. Um, but at the same time, it's a brand that you can build your entire life. And it's going to be like a story following us our whole life, which I think is so cool. I think we're so blessed to have that. What's crazy to me is to think there's going to be generational influencers and creators. Like they're going to hand mm. down the accounts from generation to generation and that's right that's really interesting to me because that's so much leverage if you have millions of followers then you hand that to your kids they're set for life i mean you teach exactly. them how to do it it's like the family business you know so it's that's yeah. what's interesting to me and there's going to be people that just win the game at a certain point like once you get to a few million followers your family's set for life as long as they don't fuck it up i don't know it's it's exactly. interesting and like the generations like the people that follow say mr beast are they gonna raise their kids to watch that content and will there be generations of following other generations so that's interesting too Oof. yeah yeah that is trippy to think about like in past in the past before media and code like the only like you could pass down leverage through like a business or through money but or through your family name but now with this, like, you could you could pass down this leverage in the most like the biggest distribution possible because you already have the following built. It's so interesting. But you you do bring up a good point. Like as long as you don't fuck it up, and that's the thing about like building a personal brand behind your own name. Like if you wrong people or you cheat people, like you're screwing yourself for the rest of your life. So that's why like being accountable and being honest and just being a good person. I feel like in general is 
is such an underrated thing on here. Yeah, I mean, think about Hitler. Like, I, that name's ruined. <laughs> right. Yeah, imagine carrying that family name. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, there's a, yeah, that's kind of an extreme example, but, I mean, a good example. <laughs> or, or Bernie Madoff. Imagine having yeah. the last name Madoff. Like, it's just, uh, yeah, your reputation's everything, and that's always been something I've, I've really prioritized over money, especially. Um, just not, like, I've, I've, I've gotten a lot of offers to pay me money to promote a product or, or, or content. And I just like, no, I'm not interested uh, because either I don't use the product. I don't feel comfortable promoting that or mm -hmm. I don't know, just, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I value my reputation over every, everything. Yeah, totally. Cause it takes years to build, but it takes literally one wrong move to lose your reputation, which is, yeah, it's scary, but it does hold you accountable to like be your best self and be, be good to others too. Yeah, I mean, there's a guy who posted screenshots of his stripe on Twitter, and there's like an error with it or something, something wrong, and someone pointed it out. And now that guy's just, he's just clowned on money Twitter, and he's just out. Yeah. You're out. And because you, you used your name, you're, you're fucked now. You're forever that guy. Uh, but it's also, I mean, the other direction. Like, uh, it, it builds incredible leverage. I know Naval mm -hmm. mentioned that with the building with your name. And yes, there's a lot of risks with it, or you're bearing a lot of responsibility, not even risk, uh, but uh, you also bear the reward. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword. And I, I believe the, the people that are building a personal brand and actually have integrity, they're going to be the ones that win long-term. Agreed, 100%. Um, and you mentioned Naval there. So I wanted to ask one more question because it's something that's like pretty important to me. I think about this a lot. Um, who are the main people you look up to um, at this point in your life right now? Like, who do you take a lot of influence from? Yeah, so I try not to put my focus everywhere, but Naval, Alex Ramosi, and those are the main ones, I think, because they they've achieved a lot and they they've they've overcome a lot and they're people i highly respect and i, I love the way they articulate themselves um you know, there's other people like i take i take inspiration from and uh i i listen to and all that but those are the i think those are the main ones i think those are like the boss levels you know final boss levels yeah uh but yeah, there, I, I, I learned something from everybody. I mean, even yourself, like some of the stuff you said on this podcast, um, like I've, I've learned stuff or I've had different perspective shifts. And I think it's not just like a one size fit all, fits all, but just taking, taking bits of information from everywhere and understanding that there isn't one person that holds all the answers or even if there's someone's behind you in certain areas doesn't mean they, they know more they don't know more than you in other areas. So it's just always having that open personality and, and, uh, seeing, seeing stuff. But, uh, I mean, in terms of Twitter, uh, cold email wizard, big influence, Andre from client Ascension, big influence. Um, Dan Co, JK Molina, Oliver Canton, uh, David Hobson, um, Zach Proganov, a lot of people are those are those are the big ones I, I respect a lot and I uh 
I respect what they say and I, I like their brand and, and what they have to say. And they, and I don't, there's certain aspects I, I like to pull from like, Oh, I like that about their brand. I want to, I want to incorporate more of that into mine. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's cool. I like it. Yeah. I think we could take bits of inspiration from so many people, but I think some people get caught up in, and I do too, like thinking everybody has like one person has all the answers or like one person is all right or one person is all wrong. But in reality, I think you could take a lot of bits and pieces from a lot of people. Like even somebody as controversial as, as Andrew Tate, like there's a lot of what he says that has like significantly improved my life in terms of like being a man and like being disciplined and like working when you don't feel like it. But at the same time, like there are some things he says that I wouldn't necessarily agree with, but I don't have yeah. to like be so ideological and like love somebody or hate somebody. You can take, you can take wisdom from so many people. And I think it's, it's yeah. so important. That's, that's one of the biggest things I've noticed with the most intelligent people I know is they they can hold an idea in their head and they can agree with some things but not others and they they don't pick sides like the the stupidest people i know they're ide ideological based or i, I don't know what the ideological uh, i'm gonna go with that i'm gonna lock that answer in that's fucking funny um <laughs> um but yeah. they're they're very they're set in their ways and they're <laughs> like you're either with me or you're against me like <laughs> you're either you're either mm -hmm. uh you're either mm -hmm. liberal or you're wrong or you're either conservative or you're wrong. And those are the people that are yes. fucking stupid, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. Because it, the world is not black and white. The world is gray. Mm -hmm. And to, to think that a certain idea or person knows everything is just, it's crazy. Because there are more, there's more than one way to do something, typically for everything. So just recognizing that, like, that's, uh, mm -hmm. that's huge. Yeah, it's like this tribalistic element that we still hold from like our primitive days because now we're we're not fighting in wars, but we want to like feel like we're a part of a group, part of a team, and we want to feel like there's an enemy. So like if you identify really hard with like the Republican Party or the Democratic Party, like you're going to hate the other party. But once you can kind of like step out of that game because it's like a status game or a hierarchical game, once you step out of that game, you could see it for what it is, you're like Oh wait, there's actually like very valid ideas on all sides. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's interesting. I think that's, but uh, I wanna, I wanna ask one more question before. Sorry, there's a delay. Yeah, I wanna ask one more question before we hop off. No, you're all good. I was gonna say, um, so you talk a lot about like being a Chad. Like, what, what the <laughs> hell is a Chad? Like, what does it mean to be a Chad? Dude, I don't even know. To be honest, I just say I just say it because I think it's funny. It's a meme, but uh, I mean, a general idea. Chad is—they look like a meathead, but they're they're based. I it's it, it's different to everybody. There's no, I do. I got flack for for making a, a a tweet about like look like a Chad or, or something like like lift like a lift like Schwarzenegger, think like a think like a stoic or like all that and then at the end just as a joke look like a chad and like people got offended all about that on instagram it's like you shouldn't you shouldn't say these those things like you're you're causing a lot of distress <laughs> it's like 
chill out. Like, goddamn, that's that's not chat energy. But no, it's it's a mainly a meme. Like a lot not of people. Chatting. No, yeah, a lot of people are just. I don't know, like, people look at me and they're like, oh, he's a meathead or whatever. So I just play into it. Yeah, I'm a Chad. Like, it, it's just, I don't know. It's it's funny. Um, I, I I don't know. Chad's just someone maybe fit. Uh, they're, they're based with the, how they view the world. And um, it's almost like a meme at a point. Like, oh, he's a Chad. Like, you know, but I use it as a compliment. Yeah. I kind of, like, flip it. Um, but, uh, I don't even know what it means to be honest. I just use it as a meme. I think it's funny as hell. Like, yeah, there's some like fit, decent looking guy that just has these just based opinions. I don't know. It's stupid. It's so it's stupid. So... I love it. It's so dumb. No, exactly. The funniest things are the, are the things that just make absolutely no sense. But like, but we, we know what we're saying. We just can't describe it. it it's funny. Yeah. Um, I, but how do I you, this... how, I had this chick try to like troll me, not as some social justice warrior chick try to troll me. And she's like, "Yeah, bro," like just replying to me, like saying "bro" a lot. And I was just laughing, like, "Yeah, bro, yeah, but chat." <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's like, it's like elementary school all over again. It's like it's just people are just older now, but they still act like children. It's so funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's so it's, funny. It's, it's a meme. Yeah. Well, sweet dude, I think this is a great place to end it off. I appreciate you taking the time. This was funny as hell. I also yeah. learned a lot too. So um, I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on, man. And uh, I think it's really cool what you're doing. I, I respect the hell out of it. And uh, it's cool, man. Just just seeing the, the cycle of things and like where I'm at now, like where you're at now reminds me a lot of, of where I was and then to think about where you're going to be in a year and who you're going to inspire and the lives you can change. That's, that's really cool. And I, I'd love that a lot. So man, I'm, I'm really stoked to, to be working with you and, uh, kind of share what I, what I've learned along the way and, uh, have you drop out of school? Sorry, mom and dad, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get to, I'm going to get you to like 20, 30 K a month and then you're going to drop out. So, <laughs> and we'll see what happens. I mean, that's yeah we'll have to talk a lot more about that uh um, yeah but sick dude i appreciate you yeah absolutely cool well uh all right thanks for everybody listening and uh yeah i'm just gonna end this <laughs>